right now, what it is that I'm doing is I'm using another tool to orient myself, the people around me that listen to me, to the present. Like what is right here, right now? And I use a tool for that. I do it in facilitation with games a lot, with other experiences that I craft. And I feel like this is another experience that I craft, which is reading cards. I came across Mike's Instagram account earlier this year. Whether it was a shared hashtag or a comment from a friend or some algorithm, I landed on his profile and was intrigued immediately. Mike Wells is an absolute force. Welcome to The Safe Haven, a space for stories to be shared about the lights and darks, highs and lows of life. We start this conversation chatting about how and why Mike's move to Seattle in 98 changed his life forever. Mike shares a series of events that took him to his lowest low, where he was reminded of the hopeful, joyful spark within him that he could always return to. As he was forced to reimagine his life and what actually mattered, it was the introduction to running ropes courses that brought Mike full circle and back into so many things that he was naturally good at like facilitating groups in learning, his ability to observe, improv artistry, creating connections, and shifting perspectives. We talk cards and card readings, exchanging energy, and some of Mike's biggest life lessons and moments. His answers to my safe haven style questions were so beautifully communicated and from the heart, especially when I slip him a bonus question. So Mike, you went to Seattle, I think that was like kind of my inflection point in life. What took me there? <laughs> Rewind about two two years, three years, and my aunt, while I was in the midst of kind of like this depressive place, um, because the religion of my family uh, was destroyed, um, I was see- seeking and searching, falling, depressed, and my aunt gave me the Celestine prophecy, which I've read. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh huh. Yeah. Red saw that horrible last movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> and there was a workbook that accompanied it, mm-hmm. and I did the workbook. And there was this one question about like kind of envision where you're going to be in five years. Mm-hmm. This was like I think it was ninety six, ninety five, ninety six, and I kind of went into some kind of imagining place. I just drifted back into an imagining place, and I saw myself with you know around water and mountains and hills and plants and desert and I'm like I want to be there but I didn't know there was any place that was like that Uh, a couple years after that I meet a a young woman who's wanted to go to Seattle since she was four I had been paying attention a lot to grunge music and some of the movies and TV shows were mentioning Seattle. So I'm like paying attention to all this. And I'm like, okay, because I'm in a place where I'm like, I'm going to either go to Arizona or I'm going to go to Seattle. I'm going to be where it's dry. I'm from Texas. Let me follow that path. Or I can go to where I've never been before. Mm-hmm. I can go to where the feeling matches what's happening inside of me. Mm-hmm. All right. Meet this young woman. Okay, I'm going to Seattle. Don't know anybody out there. Spend my last little summer in Alabama, where I was at at the time. And that summer, that summer of 98, that portal between what I had known and what I was going into in Seattle, which was completely the unknown, 
I freaked the fuck out. I abandoned myself. I was mm-hmm. so scared about what I was moving myself into mm-hmm. that I feel like I just kind of split. You know, that whole uh, fight club, right? Fight club before fight club. <laughs> split myself off. I was scared most of the time, but then there was this, there was this other part that was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do my life in a way that's as devouring, devouringly selfish as I can. And it was, a, it was such a huge divorce from who, who I grew up as and who I knew myself to be. And that whole summer, I just spent um, harsh cutting. I was enjoying the fuck out of myself, but I was leaving a wake of destruction and pain and mm-hmm. belittling disregarding it was a it was a rough summer it was so rough my mama <laughs> my mom was like I love you but I don't like who you are right now mm-hmm. like that kind of thing and we're close mm-hmm. so I went through that summer and I did some horrible things I get to Seattle and it's reckoning time <laughs> okay. I get to Seattle the feelings all come because uh, the weather and the atmosphere is matching how I truly feel inside I'm scared as hell and I'm cold as hell and I'm depressed as hell. And I fell into a deep, deep depression. Luckily I was working. I had a, you know, I had a job that that was like right where I lived at. I didn't have to travel or commute. I could just do my work and be alone in how horrible I was feeling with my family having exploded with this fear kicking in and me splitting away from myself. I got to have all those things come back to me. And what I realized at the time was that I was just not, I was not willing to participate in all of the hurt, the fear, the pain. It was overwhelming as shit. And so I checked out, but I didn't want to check out anymore because not having any of those relationships anymore, because I burned them all and I cut through them all. It really got me to a place of, okay, I was so not myself. I'm a reflect, I'm a natural reflector. I'm a learner. I go through experience things and then I reflect and I peel it apart and I learn. And at, in, in that summer, I wasn't doing any learning. I was bunkered. I was bunkered in and what I had was what I had. I wasn't taking anything in. I wasn't processing shit. And I made the decision then, all right, I'm always reflecting no matter what. Good, bad, ugly. I'm going to stay with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with me in this not separated from, not leaving or anything like that. And that was when I changed my, uh, the spelling of my name because, you know, my traditional spelling, my K-E and me, I'm always striving to be something different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to find my difference in all of that, all that I've made into the same or was taught to make the same. Um, but I like wordplay. I like letters, I like arrangements. I'm, a, I'm kind of an artist at heart. And so I changed my name to M-I-I-K to have the two eyes signifying reflection. Every time I say it, I spell it in my name. Every time I, uh, somebody else says it wrong, I correct them. Mm-hmm. Just so it's like, you can see what the, what the two eyes is there for. So I went to Seattle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Found my feelings again, put my eyes together and went on a 21 year adventure <laughs> of learning all the relationship things. Oh my goodness. I've learned so much, learned so much there. I have a question about when you said, you know, you were basically checking in with yourself. Like you have to be with you when you said with me in this, you know, it's just you in this. You've now wrecked a bunch of relationships. You have to dig deep. Mm -hmm. 
So what was it in that moment when, you know, you feel like you're hitting rock bottom, your relationship seemed to be non-existent. Mom doesn't like you, who you are. <laughs> she loves you, but she doesn't like who you are in the moment. Right. You know, that's so real. That's really powerful. So what was it, if you were to try and pinpoint something, what, what was it that kept you moving forward in that? I was born with a, a hopeful, joyful spark. I just had that from the absolute beginning. And it was something that burned bright and brighter and brighter and brighter until early elementary school when the bullies started coming. <laughs> it was, it's that, but it's one of those things where instead of having it snuffed out, there was always a place where I could go and hide it. So it was always, it's always been there, you know, for, from the beginning through the different pits that I've fallen into throughout my life. And it's that thing that's like, when things get the darkest, there's that light that's there. I grab a hold of it and it's like, okay, this is another thing that can be moved through, that can be processed, that can, that that's not going to be forever. I've learned that not this feeling isn't a thing that's going to last forever mm -hmm. is a part of the process. Um, so it's that hope, that's that little spark of hope. And I mean, quite frankly, I couldn't find it in 99. I couldn't find it in 99 and almost tried to take my life. Mm -hmm. And when I came out of the other side of that, I was like, well, shit, I made the choice to stay. What am I going to do now? And so that, that falling so deep into the darkness that I would end myself flipping around to the, oh, now I'm holding this light again. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do with this? What were some constants in your life around that time that you had the control over? Um, taking care of myself in terms of having work. My, the place that I lived and my workplace were the same place. Mm -hmm. So as long as I worked there, I got to live in this kind of transitional housing uh, place. Yep. Had my own little kind of double room apartment and everything like that. I mean, I was just, it was good. It was just, I was doing delivery and coordination and, and organization. I had workers, I had drivers that I coordinated in places that I took rent from. It was like this beautiful little net of support that I coordinated. And it was a way for me to do something that wasn't about, that wasn't so rooted in the feeling. Mm. Like, yes, I care for humans, so I do this. But no, I'm really good at what the fuck I do, just plotting things out and getting things in order so that people get to have what it is that they need. Yeah. That it was a, that was a good escape for me. It was another place for me to exist without having to feel the depth of this pain of having ripped away from myself and then trying to put myself back together again. Mm -hmm. That was the thing that I had ultimate control over. With where you're at right now, is this a place that you had imagined? Even, you know, Celestine prophecy reading days where you could kind of picture the most beautiful versions of your own life or what you wanted out of it? Ooh. I'm going to have to go with no. Mm -hmm. Even if from an outward observer's point of view, it wouldn't seem such. What and how I feel within myself 
is not something that even at the time, me imagining big dreams and big things, I wasn't imagining that. I didn't have an awareness of, oh, from here, in this place, there's so much more possible that I wouldn't know that was necessary for the dreams that I had to happen. So it's just, it's, it's interesting in that way. I couldn't, have, I couldn't have dreamed it or imagined it. Hmm. So along the journey then, from those days in Seattle to where you're at now, what are some of those big life opportunities, transitions, and experiences that have really led you to where you're at? I can imagine that there's dozens upon dozens. Ooh. Yeah. There was actually a confluence of events that happened uh, like 2006, 7, 8. So this would be, what, seven years after? Mm-hmm. Yeah, seven years after my my introduction and reintroduction to Seattle. I met someone that introduced me to uh, ropes courses. So doing uh, facilitating ropes courses, uh, high and low, bringing the full breadth of my personality, my skill in facilitation, my ability to observe, and then the kind of improv artistry all woven in together to this like beautiful facilitator of learning space. There was that, that was kind of like my schooling for what it is that I do. So this person also introduced me to a workshop. It was a, a personal development workshop, fear navigation type of workshop. Uh, called Warrior Spirit, uh, Leap of Faith. And what it was about was stimulating fear and having you actually physically move your body when when introduced to that flood mm. just to, and then process through what, what happened with you. And so that was, if the ropes course stuff was school, this was kind of like the social emotional learning element for me, mm. where it's like school is mental, physical, this personal development. And it's like, that was like, like a, a first taste of it where it was like, oh, shit fear is this barrier that i've had between me and the world if i moved into it and i was actually inhabited my edges what could actually take place mm-hmm. and those two things happened around the same time the warrior spirit and the ropes course so i was able to use that fear to engage my own fear of heights and really um make me really fucking great at what i do mm-hmm. so those two things and then six years later the birth of my son and the process even of deciding to have a child, the pregnancy process, and then the birthing, and then even the trauma that happened soon after, that corridor of him being introduced into my life as an idea and then an actuality, and then a process of being with, showed me depths of myself that there's nothing else I could have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are pretty much the moments. There's so much that's woven in between, but those those are like the, the big ones that, that show up because of the foundation of the work that I do. I've always wanted my work in my life to be something that just was. I wanted to live and then have the energetic exchange with it. I offer a lot when it comes to um, my interactions with individuals or groups. Mm-hmm. And to be able to connect, learn, grow, teach, lead with what I bring and what I have, it would be lovely to just be able to walk around and offer that. Mm -hmm. And so I have that foundation. I've been able to do it for myself and then bringing in this element of this this young um, 
I call him my joy boy. This young, beautiful soul being able to bring a different way of interacting with it than just kind of taking on what we're getting from the outside and saying that's the way we should do it. I don't have my own kids, but having even my sister had had four beautiful kids and, and being an educator myself and being around young souls all the time. It's so magical. It's so magical. And I can imagine that there's so many lessons that you would have never, ever come across or stepped into without that experience. Oh, yeah. And I'm uh, also fortunate enough to have my friend at the time I think it was, this was around that around that same time frame too, 2006, seven, eight, uh, was when I started working with young people and then getting younger in age. So I've worked in preschool, I've worked in elementary and before and after. I've worked in middle school. I've done a lot of middle school and sports teams and corporate teams on ropes courses. I've done all of those. But that working with young people always is like the most beautiful work. Mm. windows into what was possible and what could be possible and even offering as myself being a portal of possibility for them like mm-hmm. oh you're here I didn't know we were on ropes courses like no we are yeah I love that you just said that though because it's almost like you you have the ability to take people where they've never been right especially with young kids but that's also what you do now so can you tell us a bit about what it is that you do now Ooh. What is it that I do now? I do a little bit of everything. So um, right now, what it is that I'm doing is I'm using another tool to orient myself, the people around me that listen to me, to the present. Like what is right here, right now? And I use a tool for that. I do it in facilitation with games a lot with other experiences that I craft. And I feel like this is another experience that I craft, which is reading cards. Mm-hmm. I pull cards for myself. I pull cards for um, being connected for the collective that, that listen or that hear or that get the message of me. It's a beautiful conversation and collaboration mm-hmm. um, of the different dimensions of me. Mm-hmm. My body gets to have its say and my emotions get to have their say and my Mm-hmm. mind of course is going to have its say and then my relational circuit to have its say we all get to pull something and say all right this is the totality of us is what we need to be paying attention to mm-hmm. okay okay you who makes the decisions what does all this mean to you yeah how are you going to facilitate us you know because we're all saying a little something and this is what and it's one of the things that i love doing is really paying attention to what's now mm-hmm because it only takes just a, a small prompt to get us to pay attention to things. We've, <laughs> one of our friends is pregnant. Everybody's pregnant. Mm-hmm. We see all the pregnant people all over the place. Yeah. Hey, I want this car. That car is everywhere. It's so true. So what if you listened just for that, what, five minutes to what you have to say for yourself, mm-hmm. what you want to be paying attention to, mm-hmm. and then look for those, look for those signs, look for those signals. And for the listeners that I can imagine can hear you now shuffling, they can't see you, but they can probably hear it. I'm getting excited. (laughs) Um, So one of the things I did was when we were talking before we came on, I was shuffling and a card popped out. And so what I do a lot with the cards is 
I do a, di a bunch of different things is I'll, sometimes I'll ask a question, but most of the time I'll just be tuning into which dimension of self that I want to be presenting. And then whether I, if it's for myself that I'm thinking about what it is I've been up to and what I'm going to be up to. And if it's for everybody else. So like in a situation with us, I'm just kind of, I'm just feeling into what am I talking about right now? Mm -hmm. What are you hearing? What are we, what's kind of the, the feel of what we're up to? And I wait for. Do you wait for one to jump? I did. Yeah, I love that. I do. I do. And so I got two. Okay. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> so when we were talking earlier, using the Threads of Fate Shadow Edition cards. Ask Body. That's a beautiful card. Ask Body. Yes. So if you can see with these, they have the little background. They got the foreground and then they have all of this adornment. I love these cards. And what I do, what I've seen some of my favorite readers do is just kind of what jumps out at me with the card. How is this card having a conversation with me mm -hmm. before I figure out what the artist themselves or what the creator themselves mm -hmm. have an interpretation for? Right. Because this is a conversation that I'm having with myself right now. Mm -hmm. Whatever card pops out, there's something that's going to be hitting me with, you know, and it could be, it could just be as simple as the words mm -hmm. themselves. I mean, why do I have to even look at the image and try to interpret the image when it says ask body? Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. what am I asking my body about? And if I talk, if I move it back to us before we came on the call, there was excitement in the unfolding. There was the unknown. There was, I think at the time you were talking about, uh, why me? Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd asked you that. And so as you were, as it was pulling out, it's like, for me, I'm saying to myself, well, why don't you ask your body? Your body might know. You've been doing some fun things. <laughs> You've been doing some interesting things. And did your body know? <sighs> I want to say no, but that's only because I want to be right. My body's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's interesting because there's so much about being able to receive compliments, being able to receive praise, being able to receive just some kind of acknowledgement for what it is that you offer. Like, does this person see me, believe me, feel me the way that I do? Mm -hmm. And that filter is, is pretty challenging. But sitting with yourself, it's like, dude, I mean, how can you not be? You've, have you not been paying attention? Have you not been paying attention? I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, all right. These other two that I just pulled, I'm feeling into us. There's the creator and destruction. Holy duality. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. Wow. That's what kind of jumps out. What I'm thinking of, hmm, I would not be surprised. This is where my mind goes is, there's something that I know of myself that's very much in this place. Mm -hmm. I'm very much moving with the season of fall going into winter. I'm, I'm, I'm collapsing, I'm caving in, I'm contracting, I'm getting into this almost like a seed mode. I've been pulling back a lot. And there's a lot of destruction happening because there's so many tendrils that I put out in places unconsciously, half-consciously, uh, deceivingly. Mm -hmm. put myself into places that I really didn't want to be in, but kind of 
forced myself to be or chose myself to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm pulling a lot back and that's where the destruction is. And I feel like what you're up to with this coming time is in this creation, almost like uh, like you found something. You found something and you're like, I don't think there's a lot of people that have this. <laughs> I think I'm going to do something with this. <laughs> and so this is what this reminds me of. So the two of us kind of coming together. Yeah. That's what I'm saying here. I just had a conversation the other day about this podcast and about how a year and a half ago, I never had any sort of inclination to even have or host a podcast. And if you were to have asked me like a year and a half ago, if I had a passion, yeah, I had a couple things that I was into. I've never, ever felt this much love and passion for a project in my life. (laughs) Like ever with anything. This is like a form of self-care for me. Networking with really awesome beings around the world, having super cool conversations, allowing and holding space for vulnerability, being vulnerable myself, just getting conversations going. That is my jam. (laughs) (laughs) That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. To be able to have your self-care and your joy be this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that leads me into a question about you because even when we had connected, so pre-recording, you'd asked me about why you, why, why did I choose you? And there were so many things that had come up for me, even like I said, just so that listeners are aware as well. Instagram has these incredible algorithms. I don't know if they're a blessing or a curse. And sometimes in our case, it was a blessing <laughs> that something had popped up on my Instagram feed that whether it was a hashtag or a shared post or something, which led me to your page. And after looking through it, I was like, oh, this is cool. But to be honest, the excitement went tenfold after I'd seen some of the work that you were doing more with this dimensional journeyman stuff, because that's when I really started to see the cards come out and the talk about energy exchanges and, you know, exploring and that combination of you, me and us, which I really, really liked. Uh huh. There's a couple of words that I pulled out and had written down that were directly on your Instagram page. And I'm going to break them up so that you can tell me about each one of them. All right. Kind of in succession. So the first three are catalyze, conduct, and cultivate. What do those mean to you? Yes. Ah, I love this. Okay. So the way that I'm holding each one of those, if you think about a portal and the world on each side, world on each side of the portal and the portal not just being like a flat two-dimensional space but actually having like a wormhole in between right so there's a there's a tunnel there uh the way i hold those three are catalyze are in this one world the world that we start in the world that we wake up in conduct is this is this channel in between the worlds and then the cultivate is this new world to tend to with catalyze, so I was called. So as a facilitator, I called myself the Cheshire Catalyst. I didn't know that there was some dude out there, some old hacker guy that that actually has that name, but I was using it because of just my personality and how I energize and then make do adventurous, mysterious things. <laughs> I'm like totally Cheshire Cat. And so with Catalyst, I I I see it as waking people up to the moment. I think it's one of those things where it's like uh, I introduce an agent or maybe even not waking up to a moment or just becoming aware of a certain thing. 
I introduce an element into a into a conversation, into a person, into a group of people. And in that, the elements change, the chemistry changes. And it's like, okay, what's happened? What happens with this element that I that I just entered into the room? So is, is it about you know going into self? Is it about being aware of others? Is it about how we see certain things? Mm-hmm. Whatever the experience that I've crafted, I introduce something and that's the catalyst part. The conduct is process. Now that something has been introduced, something is changing and there's a process of that change. How present can we be with being able to figure out whether it's solve the puzzle, whether it's find the way, how do these things come together? The process of answering a question, the process of working together and collaborating, the process of planning, deconstructing, the conducting part is guiding that process Mm -hmm. because we think it's supposed to be so fast, but it's Let's take our time to be in it so we actually know when it's going fast that we're doing it with it, what we want to be doing with it. It's emotional process, it's mental process, it's physical process. And so the conducting is like conducting energy. Mm-hmm. Conducting the energy of having something introduced, chemical reactions happen, there's energy released, let's process through that. Mm-hmm. The cultivate has so much more to do with the integrating in our organic selves, in our, in our organic process, where bodies we're material worlds, we're all these things that move, quote unquote, slowly, because we want to just identify with the things that move, you know, super fast. So cultivate is, is a reminder, and it's a call to tending the material, tending the mm-hmm. organic, tending to the rooting of whatever ideas, whatever things was introduced, whatever process happened, let's now ground it in and have it even processed from our bodies from our worlds, from how we've set up the the, the slower moving process. Mm-hmm. Cultivate is just tending to the integration process. Catalyze, conduct, cultivate. Yeah, that's beautiful. Okay, so what about orient, process, and practice? Mm. Orient, process, practice is how I see like kind of the, the spiral in of presence. So we orient to where we are. Wherever, whatever it is that the situation is, whatever is happening, there's an orientation. You need to know where exactly you are to know exactly what to get to where you are. You know, whether it's echolocation, whether it's, you know, feeling things out, there's a way that you find your compass. If you were hurtling through space and you did just like a snapshot, that would be an orientation. Okay, so I'm rotating in this direction. This is what I'm seeing now. This is particularly the direction. I mean, it's all those things that are happening orienting to what the present moment is. What's happening for you? What's, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? How's your body moving? What feels good? What doesn't? Um, what do you want? What do you not want? What are some options you have to choose? All those things. That's orient. Process, same thing with, I mean, it's like what I was talking about with conduct. Mm-hmm. It's the, okay, now that I know where I'm at, after I've oriented and I know where I'm at, there's a direction that I want to go in, there's a thing that I want to do, there's a way that I want to feel, and that has me making choices in the direction of or moving in the direction of that. Mm-hmm. So if I'm sitting here and I say, I want something over there, there's a surge happening in me. There's My body is starting to move in that direction. My feelings are, are, are really kind of wrapping themselves around this result. I'm thinking about and imagining the different ways that I can get this thing that I want. And so there's a movement happening that's all there. And that's the process, being able to see, to feel all those things going there. And then even 
as a person who makes choice, I can choose to deny that surge and just sit here or I can follow it or I can, you know, say some words to say, okay, I'm going to go and get this thing because I really, really want it. And I'm going to go do that. So there's a lot of different ways to engage that process of now that I know where I'm at, there's something that I want and mm-hmm. moving in that direction. The practice is we've practiced through our ways of, you know, being in school and being in our, in, in this culture and everything like that, ways that things have always been done. Mm-hmm. We've been acculturated to that. We've been socialized to that. We've been programmed essentially to that with all of the practice that we've doing. Um, being in school, we've practiced sitting in a chair for eight hours a day as kids from when we started school to when we ended school. Mm-hmm. And so that's a practice for us now. So the moving around, the, the walking for miles and all that other stuff, isn't like a practice when we're moving at the speed of capitalism or patriarchy or anything like that. When everything's sped up, you do, you revert to what you've practiced. So the practice is, all right, you know things now, you've processed through things differently. How are you gonna root what you know about yourself now into how you move through the world? Because a lot of the ways that we move through the world, we take ourselves out of the equation by not being present to it. Yeah. But the more that we practice it, the more that we can be with ourselves in our lives. Mm-hmm. So orient process practice. I love that so much, by the way, because that's so much of just just learning and actually proving what you've learned. It's just living with the new knowledge. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then orbit, shift, and center. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So just um, on our last episode, we talked about how <laughs> <laughs> we're not being present in our lives. We're not a part of the equation because we practice something so much that we that we then end up believing that's who we are. And there's so much more to that. And what I what I'm doing with this is like this is an orbit around the way that we're moving through our life. We're we're observing and we always exert our will every once in a while or sometimes we'll be we'll have a closer orbit, but we're orbiting around this us, all of us. This would be all of us in alignment and we're orbiting around it somehow in our mind. Mm-hmm. thinking that oh it can be something better it can be something better so orbit is that shift is like process orient is in the orbit where are you in your orbit around yourself that's the orient the process is all right we want to get to to center ourselves in our own lives mm-hmm. so there's a shift that's happened what's the gravity how are you moving yourself closer and closer to your own center are yeah. you repelling yourself from that and so that would be the shift and then the center is being being present in that so if we're even talking about an idea an idea orbits around us we might be introduced to a new idea but it orbits around us if it's not being integrated it's not being lived mm-hmm. that shift is okay so there's an idea that's hovering around let me see about bringing it closer what does it feel like what does it look like how do i bring that idea closer mm-hmm. as something that i that's more embodied that's more mindful that's more um attuned with me emotionally and then the center is, all right, I've taken this. Now I know what it feels like in my body. Now I know what, it, know what choices it looks like and feels like. And does that actually work for me? Mm-hmm. If I center this idea on me, does this work? If I center mm-hmm. this idea, somebody's given me this, this identity of man. And I, try, and I truly take that from an idea into a centered being. Do I like what it is that this is giving me? Mm-hmm. Do I like the impacts that it's having on me? Do I like how I'm able to move when I'm when I'm centered in that? It feels pretty restrictive. 
I don't want it. Uncenter shift mm-hmm. orbit. It's going to be a nice little idea that I can that I can refer- reference when I'm talking about what it feels like to put on that label. I can reference that, but I don't have to embody it. I don't have to move with it. That's orbit shift center. Have you always been super aware of your surroundings? I mean, even when you were at your darkest back in 99, I feel like you still were so aware of how you were feeling. Have you just carried that so innately? I have. I have. Um, There's an element of it that is definitely groomed from the bullying place, Mm -hmm. like having been bullied and then getting to a place where, okay, now I'm going to be hyper vigilant about everything because I don't want to experience that anymore. I know what not to be, what not to bring, what not to say. I know how not to show up and I know who to be around to not have that be a part of my reality. And if I'm in situations where I can't control that, I want to know where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. So that hypervigilance put together with just my natural deep curiosity Mm -hmm. definitely formed a little super team that like even in my work, especially on ropes courses where people's safety was, was paramount safety and learning and fun and you know it's like all those and engaged all those and present it's okay I have it all where it's like okay I don't want anybody to get hurt so that hypervigilant is there but then that's really curious so that I can get them to become aware of things and learn some things even in the midst of all of this Mm kind of get to be there so I think I've all not not I think I I know that I've always had that yeah Okay, Mike, being super aware of your time here and appreciating it so much. I have three and a bonus Safe Haven style questions. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. The first one is, what are you most proud of? (laughs) Dang. If this was a lightning round, I'd have been struck by lightning. Okay. (laughs) Um. That as many times as I've had it broken, that I still believe in my heart. That I was able to like carry my heart intact and still have a deep relationship with it. Yeah. That does, that's like, really, that makes me proud as hell. Like shit, I could have tossed that thing away a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a beautiful answer. Thank you. What would you like to be known for? trying to find like this beautiful cluster of words that could encapsulate it but but really what it comes down to is I just want to be known for being me it's a it sounds like a weird ass thing to say but there's uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday about this I can do so many different things I can do so many things I facilitate I converse I hold space I make jokes, I create experiences, I build programs, I cultivate community, I, I do healing work and energy work. It's like, there's just so many things that I get up to that are like so many people say exactly what I needed at the time. Mm-hmm. That being known for just being me and how healing and shifting and transformative that can be for so many different people, places and spaces that I that I move through 
that would be cool. I wouldn't have to like perform something to be known for. Mm-hmm. Just be known for. Oh yeah, that's just Mike. That's Mike doing this thing. That's Mike doing that thing. That's Mike doing the other thing. Mm-hmm. Can you come and do one of those things for us? Because I know whatever thing that you end up doing is going to be awesome as shit. Okay, <laughs> <I> do that. <laughs> so good. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna put my bonus in as like kind of the 2.5 just before my last one. Okay. What's the biggest lesson you've learned from your son? There's a couple of things that come to mind and I was trying to see if they converged at all. Uh, one of them is that no matter how deep the wound, we're still connected and we're never going to forget that we love each other. And that was, that was from more, more of the circumstances that we were, that we were put through together. But the thing that I learned that was also from the situation that we were put, we were put into that I'm, I'm tenacious as fuck. Mm-hmm. I'm a fighter. I didn't know that before. Mm-hmm. I have the capacity to fight like hell. Intellectually, energetically, emotionally. I'd been so passive for a pretty long time. And to get to that place where my time with him and my being able to be in his life were being threatened, I'm like, oh no, there's no way you're separating me from him. And it was something that I didn't, I can like, I can recall now and I can just, I can channel that now. But then Mm -hmm. it was like a whole nother entity to be able to bring in. And so he taught me, he taught me I was ferocious. Like, oh, okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Side of you that you didn't know existed. Wow. Mm -hmm. My last one is if you had a message for everyone listening, what would it be? Everything we need to know is right now. Yeah. Very cool. Just as cryptic as everything else that I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, I need to grab your socials for everyone too. So that's a good segue. (laughs) Yeah. My um, Instagram is at Mike Wells, M-I-I-K-W-E-L-L-S. I have a website that I, that went live that I'm also shifting, um, MikeWells.com. Which looks great, by the way. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hmm. It was uh, Reese that did that. That was it's a beautiful gift. And then I'm Mike Wells on LinkedIn, which is okay. something I also I need to do. Mike, thank you so much. <laughs> so, so much for your time. I feel like I could just talk to you forever. My face hurts from smiling. Your answers are beautiful. I love the thought that you put into your answers. The fact that you took time to just think about what I had asked you. It, this your time means so much thank you oh yeah so very welcome I'm so happy and thank you for inviting me on this beautiful endeavor of yours thank a you. year and some change into the making mm-hmm. yeah and I just do not see it going anywhere I'm so into it <laughs> that's gonna be a beautiful thing to see what else you end up doing with it yeah yeah Well, this will not be the last time I chat with you. That's for sure. I'm going to check in again soon and see how things are going. And you need to come back on the podcast. (laughs) I'd be awesome. I'd love that. Definitely. (laughs) Oh my gosh, my friends. How infectious is Mike's laugh? Ah, Mike, thank you so much for joining me on the safe haven. 
Your laugh, your insights, and your perspectives make for such a beautiful addition to the content of this podcast and the community that it's building. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot wait to chat all things life again with you in the future. To everyone listening, I recognize the privilege that comes with this platform, and I am committed to creating a safe, brave, and inclusive space with intention. If this episode has made you laugh, hit you right in the heart, or inspired you in any way, please screenshot the screen while you're listening, send it to your friends, and share it in your Instagram stories. Please be sure to tag us so that we can personally thank you for it. If you're able to write a review or leave a juicy five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, even better. For more great podcasts, check out FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com and I will talk to you next week.